0: And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 145. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvang. I'm joined by my co-host, Treg Wilson. Hello. Matt Smith. Good evening. And we are joined now by a special guest, the voice of the Montreal Canadiens on TSN, Brian Mudrick. Welcome to the show.
1: Great to be welcomed. Uh, glad the Wi-Fi is working and we could pull this off. <laughs> oh, awesome to join you guys for, I believe, episode 145. Congratulations. Thank you. Awesome
0: we needed a calculator to count that high. <laughs> we ran out of fingers and toes. <laughs> so uh, yes, yeah, so not much to talk about. I mean, it's not like there's a Leafs Habs playoff series coming up, you know, first time since I was three. Yeah. No big deal.
1: It, you know, it's it's awesome. It's, it's pretty exciting. I I'm pumped up too. I mean, I know obviously this is Habs uh, Habs uh, podcast, But, you know, to know that a Canadian team will be in the final four for me, I think that's pretty special. It'll be awesome.
0: Well, you got the you got that age old rivalry in the east with Montreal and Toronto. And then you got the old Smythe division war out west with Winnipeg and Edmonton. So no shortage of great hockey to watch.
1: Uh, for me, I grew up in, in Northern Alberta during the eighties and what, and you guys talked 19, what 79 was the last time that the Leafs and Habs met and I was, uh, one so, uh, so, so, you know, it's just great. and, And I'm pumped to watch, um, You know, it's been interesting because the the American playoffs have been on and we're not even wrapped up the regular season up here in Canada and, you know, COVID, whatever. But regardless, you know, you know, positive news on the horizon, Uh, you know, the Habs announcing they're going to have fans in the building, possibly for the playoffs, up to 2,500 people. So, right, we're making progress. That's really great news. And uh, yeah, playoff hockey. I can't wait to watch.
0: Oh, yeah. So this is why I want the Canadians and the Leafs to go the distance so that fans can actually be in the building because... A Leaf Hab series—it's it, just not right without some some people in the stands.
1: And and it was you know the Bell Center. I say it all the time. Uh, it's the best office in the NHL. There's no better feeling than walking into that building. Uh, you get through the media elevators. Danny Gallivan says hello to you. You know he's got his you know beautiful uh, picture. You walk in. You see all the banners and retired jerseys, and uh, you drink it in every time. And it's just been bizarre not having fans at all. So uh, I'm excited, you know, and you try to pump up your energy and, and whatever, but you know what we, even as the broadcasters and we feed off um, of the fans for sure, good game, bad game, booing uh, doesn't matter. And the players, it was funny. I think even, I don't know if Shea Weber made the request, but at some point the music got louder <laughs> because they wanted it cranked up in the building louder. So the players, you know, were more into it and why not? Right. So you're the captain. You can do that.
0: Well, who's going to say no to Shea Weber? Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, Brendan Gallagher, maybe if you're in front of the net. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Cause he's quick. He can duck under him.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> is there a difference in the uh, atmosphere, Brian, with no fans there? Like, is there a huge difference?
1: Big time, uh, especially yeah. Montreal, right? Like it's the bell center is like this awesome cathedral and I'll never forget walking over this season. It was uh, so Montreal had the curfew as well. So Mike Johnson and I were walking over for the um, home opener. And I I can't even describe, I don't want to describe it because I never hope it happens again. It was just crickets. It's just, you walk over. Usually there's atmosphere and people, you know, excitement and, you know, people having a few beers before and all ramped up, ready to go. And then it was just nothing. And then, you know, after the game, we walked out of the building. There's not even a car to be seen. And you just, it was, yeah, it, it was, it's not the same. And I can't wait for, for it to be as normal as we can. And hopefully, um, you know, a full capacity home opener uh, next season, this year. later year.
0: Now, before we get into the, the NHL playoffs, you got the, uh, the opportunity to go down to Texas and actually announce Team Canada winning gold. And you had fans in the stands. What was that like?
1: uh, So cool. I mean, to see kids, you know, waiting, wanting pucks flipped to them over the the glass and to have, uh, obviously, you know, pro USA crowd, which was great. And just seeing families come to a hockey game and, you know, having a few beers. And there was one instance we were set up. So it was the Dallas Stars. It was right next to the practice facility at Comerica Center. So we were in Frisco, which is about 20 minutes north of downtown Dallas, and so the way we our broadcast perch it was great like we we're kind of up at the i guess you'd call it the 100 level but there was fans that had bought tickets that were kind of right in front of us and i remember for the americans Pastajoff scored a goal and as he was coming around like i couldn't quite see the number and the fans jumped up and woo and, and normally i'd be like that kind of like annoy me because i couldn't see who scored right But i was like that's awesome <laughs> like, it's great like it's, it's such a cool like it was i was so happy and and just to hear people booing and, and cheering, and even for Canada Russia, I think the building held thirty five hundred. I would have guessed there's about twenty one hundred people in the building. It was awesome. It, it just felt nice to see families enjoying hockey like we're supposed to.
0: Is that Canada Russia rivalry just as intense even at that age level?
1: Oh, I'm sure it is at three years old. I, I have no doubt, like. Uh, You know, and they in that tournament in particular, they have not met for a gold medal. Uh, Oh, my. Don't quote me if I'm wrong here, but I think it's been over a decade since they met for a gold uh, for a gold medal. And it was so cool because they were both led by underage stars. So Matthew Mitchkoff was the young kid who led the tournament in goal scoring. Uh, and he's not draft eligible until twenty twenty three. Same with Connor Bedard, who was Canada's little phenom star out of WHL Regina. He was amazing. Had a hat trick in the semifinal, scored a huge goal, the backhand beauty in the in the gold medal game and the confidence on that kid. He tried the lacrosse move. Yeah. You know, in the semifinal and he was mad he didn't score. Like that's how good these kids are now. Mitch Koff made one. He actually scored yeah. one against Germany in the tournament. So um, it was a great rivalry. There was so much star uh, power on both sides. If you if you follow the draft, as obviously I do and we do at TSN, um, it was it was a great tournament. And Canada's uh, stars really showed up for sure. The entire tournament.
3: How was that experience for? The, uh, the GMs, the scouts and everything that were able to be in attendance. I, w- I was able to watch quite a few games um, during the tournament. I saw that you were able to interview um, the Seattle Kraken GM, et cetera. How was the atmosphere for them?
1: You know what? I think they're like the rest of us. Like Ron Francis uh, was thrilled. Just, he's like, it's so cool to be in a rink. And obviously a lot of, some of their pro scouts stayed in Canada because of the quarantine and whatnot. But uh, even him, he said he had seven or eight staff, right? It's an exciting um you know, year for them with the expansion draft coming up and their first ever chance to draft uh, NHL players. Um, And they were thrilled. And a lot of the scouts and and just the chatter that, you know, that was down there, everyone was thrilled. The, The coolest moment for me, so the Canada played in Plano. It was like this little like community center style rink. I mean, maybe because there was like a wall on one side, we're broadcasting on the other side. It was intimate. It was cool. I liked it. Like you couldn't do the high flip to clear the zone. Cause you hit the ceiling. That's right. <laughs> and it happens. happened a few times for the tournament. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I kind of, I kind of called it like, it was like the patrons at Augusta. So like GMs, you know, scouts an hour before puck drop of the opener for Canada, Canada, Sweden, they were all in their seats. There was only about a hundred seats in every like Like, like, you know, Steve Ayersman was like, he could have passed me a beer if he had one. He did. But, uh, <laughs> I brought my own to this podcast, by the Perfect. way. Perfect. <laughs> but it was just so surreal to see everyone was there. They were just as excited as the players and as we were to finally call some hockey with some people there. And it was kind of cool to hear, like, you know, some cheering. Now, obviously, it was loud at Comerica Center. I mean, the scouts were going to get up and start cheering, but there was atmosphere, yep. even with a yep. the- or whatever it was. So um, it was great. And I think they felt normal and they were excited to feel normal because, like, Everyone's sick of Zoom calls and um, not being able to be at a rink and the grind. Like, think about those guys. They're going to small rinks across North America, USHL, you know, across to Canada and the CHL, right? And and a lot of those leagues didn't play. Like, the Dub played. uh, The OHL didn't even get going. So uh, the USHL, a lot of the scouts, I think, stayed in the States and checked out kind of their playoffs as well going on in the United States. So uh, I, for everyone, it's the same, right? Everyone was pretty thrilled to feel a bit normal and, and watch some hockey.
2: Who stood out for you at the tournament? Like besides Bedard and, uh, you know, because we know they, they stood out, but who were some underlying, especially like players that stood out for you?
1: Well, instantly, so Mitch Goff, Bedard, they are yeah. 23 Draft eligible. Like, you got to remember that Bedard's 15 years yeah. old. It's hard to, like you have to remember, he's still a young guy, right? Um, I love Mason McTavish's game. Uh, he's heavy. He's a thick kid, he has a better beard than all of us. That's uh, true. That's very true. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember the last time a kid had a beard at the U18s. Uh, so that was awesome. I mean, he, he had a letter on his chest uh, when Shane Wright had to sit out for precautionary reasons. It wasn't COVID-related, but he sat out a few games. He wore the C. Great amount of pride. He started his season in Switzerland. His dad was a pro. Uh, I think played in five Spangler Cups. Uh, Dale for, for Canada as well. Um one of the cool moments was uh, when uh, Chase Stillman scored in the semifinal, to make it 2 1. He was mobbed on the bench. He was a fan favorite in the room. He hit everything in sight. Um, uh, Logan Stan Colvin, you guys wore number 11. Who wears number 11 and is the little ball of fire? Well, Brendan Gallagher, you know, that kind of player for Team Canada. Um, Brant Clark. Uh, the young guy, he's from the Ottawa area and his, he was a season ticket holder, his family with the Sens. I think the Sens would love to, uh, to get their hands on him. Uh, big defenseman, mobile offensive, just drives in on the play. Um, you have to bring up to Shane Wright, who's the captain as an underager as well. He's not draft eligible till 2022. He stood out there. I mean, lots of players. I mean, you know, Brendan Othman, we saw on the top line a lot. He was great. Uh, Dylan Gunther, who Bob McKenzie had number two on his list, tied with Simon Edmondson. Edmondson's that big mobile defenseman uh, for Sweden, left shot six foot four, 205 pounds. Um, and Craig button talked about it. Like as the temperature, got more and more Edmondson got better and better. Like, you know, like when it mattered more, he seemed to pick up his game. So those guys come to mind for sure. Uh, but for me, uh, I'm really curious to see where Mason McTavish uh, goes in the first round. It He won't wait long to have his name called.
0: That's a kid I wouldn't mind seeing slide down to the Canadians.
1: To be yeah. honest, depending
0: on where they're at in the draft.
1: There is some uh, kid that, was, that slid down a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, so you never know. Like, that's yeah. why the draft is, for me, it takes a village to raise these kids, right? And it's so neat to see, like, how they develop. You watch them at a couple of U18s or a few things, and then the next thing you know, you know, you see where they're drafted and then how they progress and and whatnot. Like, even for Cole, for Cole Caulfield, when uh, in Sweden, they, uh, in 2019, the last time that tournament was played, he tied Alexander Ovechkin uh, for the single goal-scoring uh, record in a tournament with 14, you know, uh, Caulfield dominated that tournament. Him and Jack Hughes in the United States National Team Development Program. And they had a wicked team that just didn't get it done that year. So it's exciting to see where the chips fall and where these kids get drafted. But I'm excited to see, obviously, Caden Gooley was the first-round pick uh, last year defenseman. I'm curious to see where the chips fall for the Habs this year. Oh, you,
0: you got something there, Trent?
2: No, to... no, no. I was okay. waiting for you to... segue into the next segment
0: (laughs) oh oh sorry sorry you know it's late this old sailor you know working it out working out the kinks um yeah so we can we can switch over to the canadians playoffs um like i mentioned at the the top of the show playing the leafs it's uh thursday's going to be rolling around real soon i wanted to get your take on how they look through the year you you were announcing the games you got to watch these in person, the difference between what they looked like at the start of the year when they were arrested versus what they looked like near the end.
1: I just think if there was a way to wrap it up quickly, I just found they were just were inconsistent. Um, you know, if that's, if there's one word to just sort of put a bow on the whole season, they just were inconsistent. Um, they had that, uh, that road trip out West, 10 points, I think in their six games, I believe it was, and came out red hot. I mean, what a start for Toffoli. Anderson fit right in. I mean, you couldn't have picked two better acquisitions for Mark Bergevin. Um, and then I think, I think in this Canadian division, like, you, you just – and I get it. It's coaching. It's learning. It's strategy. It's getting the whiteboard out and figuring it out. But these teams just played each other so much. They just figured each other out, you know. I mean, kudos for the Habs. They shut down dry and McDavid for most of the season until – until the game in Edmonton where McDavid caught fire and you're not going to stop that. He's too good. McDavid's just on another planet. Right. But um, they started to figure out each other in both ways. And yeah. And, and if and an analyst or one of my color guys would have said, well, figure it out. Like that's, you know, then, then find a way. Um, I think that inconsistency probably cost uh, a his job. Um, and, and, and that's sort of how I saw it. Like, like you know, they obviously have the horses and the pieces um, and then some injuries. But listen, every team had them. Every team had them. You can't you can't fall on that. I think Jake Allen, um, you know, very, you know, the Habs again, they paid the top two most expensive goalies in the game. But that's why you do it, because otherwise I don't know if the Habs are, are in the playoffs without Jake Allen. So. Without rambling on much more, just I think just that being more consistent in a lot of ways. But hey, they found the playoffs, and what we learned about them in the bubble last time around is that maybe this is a team that is playoff built. We'll find out very shortly. Did you so, find? Oh, go, go, ahead,
2: go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, did you find the uh, condensed games after the COVID uh, outbreak really slowed them down? Like really, like the four games a week, the and do I, you. Uh, that's yeah. a two-part question, really. Because, And do you think that hurt Deschermes and his coaching along the way?
1: I think, and he was asked a lot, you know, that it's a system in the way the Habs play. Like, it, it, it's a it's a high-paced skating energy game. And, and I don't care who you are. to do. You're playing four games a week. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, definitely tough. I think the one thing, and maybe it has been talked about, but I just think about how life has been – you know, so for, for, for us, for example, like there's no, after, you know, go to the bar and have a glass of wine after the game, there's no, you don't see people, you get your temperature checks You're You're tested for COVID. You go to the rink, you, you leave the rink. You, like there's, there's, there's nothing going on. Like every, all, everything. Listen, don't get me wrong. When you put on the headset and you call it, it's the best thing in the world. But you know what, a lot of the, it, it just, it was tough. Like it wasn't the same, like it usually is. Um, and I think it really weighed on the players listen yeah they're athletes and they're paid really well but they're human beings and and i'm telling you like those guys like you know what it's it's hotel it's practice it's hotel it's practice it's repeat and then you go see your family and you can't really go and do anything with your family because of COVID stuff right like um so i think it was just a grind i think everyone is just every single person and i'm not making excuses or that's not what i'm trying to hear i'm just saying like you know, they're, they're humans, they're human beings. And it's hard. Like, it's um, like, just to go on the road trips where you get the camaraderie and the bonding, you go to a nice steakhouse for the players and you get to know each other or the rookie meal and, and, you know, getting to know guys, like, it's just, it wasn't the same, right? Like it just wasn't, Um, it's not an excuse, but it's like, again, let's all remember, like there's a human element to this and there's a family element behind the scenes that we don't know about to this too. Um, And it's, it's, it was a tough year I think for a lot of people. And, yeah, I know they're paid a lot, but, yeah, I think that was a big part of it.
0: Well, it seems the, the fact that they've got this week off, that they've got some practice time, and the fact that it's the playoffs that are coming up, they seem to be recharged. Do, do you get that same feeling?
1: I think the big thing, and I believe, I I forget who said it in the media stuff today for the Habs, um, is, like, Shea Weber's going to be a different player, rested ready to go uh it sounds like he he's all systems go for game one thursday um you know when's the last time you saw brendan gallagher and gary price and Laval for a conditioning <laughs> a it was really that was really <laughs> weird to see
0: yeah.
1: it's just but you know what it, but a lot of the guys in Laval said that was awesome it felt so good to have that kind of experience to like you know pick the brains of two of the best in your organization and it was a big morale boost i think for them 100 uh, percent Black Aces are going to come up as well, right? A lot of names that are your, your viewers and fans would know on your podcast are going to come up and, and join the team. Uh, Brendan Gallagher is going to have a spark. Like, we like. Are you kidding me? You don't think he's going to be revved up for Thursday and ready to go? Um, and Carey Price. Listen, to me in this series, the Leafs on every single Corsi statistic out there should win the series. However, if Carey Price is the Carey Price bubble goalie, and we saw what he's like when he's rested and Shea Weber becomes mountain man and is angry in front of that net again. And Brendan Gallagher does his thing. And, and remember too, the one thing I'm interested in though is in watching these line combinations so far. Uh, and I'll ask you guys this, cause you'll know who are the best two centers in the bubble uh, in that win versus Pittsburgh, the Penguins. Suzuki and Kogan. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. And yeah. obviously Suzuki is a big part of it, but like, yeah wonder like and listen I shouldn't say I don't
3: know but like well say it this way it was there were the most noticeable to know you played well and you played those really tough minutes against uh you know you're going up against Crosby and or Malkin depending on what the matchup is um in the Philly series he was up against uh he was up against uh Couturier or Giroux or whoever else there um but the you know, my take from that was, was Suzuki in his play, Cockney in and his, and then obviously Drew, who unfortunately we're likely
1: not going to see for the playoffs. So, so exactly. And where I'm going with that is, is like, and if you look at the line rushes, like, you know, there's the Kakuniemi and Caulfield are not even in the comp, but like, it's just what I'm seeing, yeah. but I'd be shocked. Like, why don't you just roll with the kids? I mean, I don't know. I'm not a coach. It's it's above my pay grade. And that's why I am just here growing a bad beard and drinking wine um, and (laughs) offer them. So, right. But, but I mean, that's, you know, as someone who loves hockey and and likes to speculate like, like you guys do, I just, I'm very curious to see what, what game one, what that lineup is going to look like.
3: You make a great point because um, that is really the talk of social media right now that the lineups come out. And it was why is player X in the lineup? You know yeah. why is why is someone like, um, you know, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, of course, and you don't want to either. But a lot of the talk right now was John Merrill. John Merrill, he you know he was he was brought over in, in the Vegas draft. He looked decent for Detroit. He's come over to Montreal, and he hasn't really been the standout that I think some people thought he was going to be. And he took Romanov's spot. And obviously Romanov's a fan favorite. He's a guy that's going to hit you through the boards. He brings a lot of energy. Another one of those rookie guys that likely should have a spot. And a lot of people are obviously talking about Kotkaniemi and the energy that he brought. And perhaps that they can unlock some of that same potential and some of that same energy out of someone like Caulfield. And you can continue to name these young players, but would you take a guy like Corey Perry out? Which stall are you going to get when it comes to the playoffs? Um, the Leckan and Byron uh, Evans line—one of the best lines down the stretch. So where where do you where do you start plugging plugging these guys in? You've got Dano coming back. You've got Gallagher coming back.
2: I'll it's- play a little devil's advocate here. Merle was a a huge factor in Vex's run to the cup. That's true. When he, That's when he true. played. That's true. So I i mean, I've never coached any higher than midget.
3: So <laughs> yeah. we all know the playoffs uh, is a different, it's a different, it's a different animal. It really now, is.
2: I can understand Cotton enemy and, Mur- and Romanov. I can understand Merle getting into the lineup based on what he did in the past in the playoffs. Yeah. I can understand stall. I think the big battle was between Evans and Cotton. I I think stall was in, regardless. I think the it was either Evans or Cotton yemi getting in and Evans just o played Cotton yemi
3: especially the down the, the stretch.
2: Stall did no play anyone, but he did score more goals than Cotton yemi down the, in the last 21 games. Cotton yemi had zero. Uh so do I want the, all their got kids in? Yes, yes I do. I want them I'd rather live and die with the young guys that are going to be with the team in the future than the free agents that probably won't be here at the end of the season, but I understand the thinking process that the is going through. He's except going with, the,
0: with Caulfield. I just don't understand it.
2: Caulfield should be there. He should be sitting on the ov circle, waiting for that pass and putting it in the top. Yeah. <laughs>
1: this is great. I, you guys should be on the Habs panel. This is perfect. <laughs> We're available. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: Put well, a word in for us, Brian. Put a
1: <laughs> well. I'm not going to have to school you guys. It's Romanoff. Romano get in trouble for that kind of yeah, stuff coming from the pro here <laughs> um, but no I, listen I, and and I have a lot of respect for people like like for Dominic Ducharme I'll sit here and I'll say he's earned his rights. so I'm gonna yes. just sit back like you guys I'm gonna I can't wait I'm gonna pour one of these I'm gonna sit on the couch and he's earned his right. He, he's the coach. He gets, that's, that's why you make, that's why you're, you're hired and you're fired. You got to make okay. those decisions. So for game one, Hey, he's the coach. I, I'm the good news. They have depth. They got the guys, they have the horses they can decide they can speak, but I'm going to side with, with the coach because that's, that's, he's, he's the guy he's paid to do that. So we'll find out game one, what happens. He's well, just bet. used to
0: booing Ducharme. He used to do it here in Halifax, <laughs> throwing popcorn on him. He, you know, just yelling and screaming. So he's just trying to follow through.
2: I never. Well, <laughs> I, I'm just. I've, I've showed displeasure this season with the coaching. Okay, a little bit, but he's in a pressure cooker, and he didn't get the time that most coaches get to put a system in place. So I'll give him that. I still think Bouchard is, is the guy to go to. Anyway, different, different, different tale of the tape. For what? Uh,
1: that has to be for your one forty six podcast. Save, <laughs> yeah.
2: We'll save that for one fifty. We'll put that right down the road and save it for one fifty. <laughs> um, but I do believe you're going to see one, maybe two of those guys in the lineup in game two, regardless of a win or a loss. I think you're going to see probably Caulfield within game two.
1: And we don't know yet. Hey, let's. And that's why I'm just, I'm just, I'm just hanging out. I'm just chilling. I'm going to wait to see what game one looks like with the roster because, yeah. like, we're speculating, and that's not that's fair. Right. We, that's, that's right. have let their coaching staff do their thing. That's why they're paid the big bucks. I respect the people that are smarter than me, and that's all of you guys in the coach. So <laughs> I will just wait and see what's up.
2: I'm on the same level.
0: Yeah, we need <laughs> yeah. to we need to put that on to Habs social media. Hashtag just chill.
1: Yeah. That's, the, that's Aaron Rodgers, right? That was him. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Now he's I, chilling. I, I think he had his
3: own issues. Yeah, yeah. I think does, if yeah. we, I think if we said just chill to the Habs fan base, I think it would break Twitter just kind of like the Laval website last night when everyone tried to log in to watch that game. Um, yeah. So I got another question about um, who do you think in the current in the lineup is going to really bring that playoff fire to the lineup? Like who? Like for me, for me personally, I think it's more like a, like a Josh Anderson type, um, and he looks like he's ready to engage in a. You know, in a seven game series right now. I just want to know your
1: opinion on that. I go to the highest paid forward. I go to I go to eleven. It's yeah. just not a contest. It's Brendan Gall. He's built he is he is built for you know this series. He's built for this moment. He's been out. He's chomping at the bit. He is the energizer bunny of that team. He was the spark that was missing uh down the stretch when i mentioned the inconsistency when we always talked about even off camera and the intermission we're like man the habs could use the spark however to your point i thought that josh anderson was that guy a lot in a lot of those games he came out um he you know he he had he had that engine going the the power horse as sitar called him you know uh but I, gallagher for me it's gallagher and then and we can talk all we want round and round but carry price Brandon Gallagher, Carey Price. Gallagher is the heart and soul of that team up front, and Carey Price, he, he could steal a game, and he might have to. He might have to steal one or two, uh, because we haven't even mentioned. And I don't know—is it sacrilegious to say Elise's least name on this uh, podcast? Oh, yeah. uh, but We're like, going Austin Matthews is is a very special player. Mitch Marner is a very special player, and then you have—we haven't even talked about. Um, you know, John Tavares and, and Nylander, they have a, their veterans too, that have really seemed to solidify uh, their team as well. And, you know, a guy like Joe Thornton, who they, they love that guy in that room. Right. So listen, the Leafs, again, I said it, the Leafs are favored. They should win the series, but the Leafs have had their issues uh, in the playoffs and that that's where there's two players to me. It's Carey Price and Brennan Gallagher. So worst comes to
3: worse. If the Canadians just start flopping in this series, they just need to take the pregame skate wearing Boston jerseys and it should, it should just change everything up.
1: Well, or whatever playoffs, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so how much do you think that the, um, all these predictions, everybody's put Leafs and that's it. It's been a unanimous, it's all on the Leafs. They clearly, they're the clear favorites in this. How much do you think that's going to feed into that whole underdog mentality for the Canadians?
1: Oh, it's, it's big time. Like, and it's, you pick anything you want. Like there's that, you know, there's the rivalry factor There's they haven't faced each other since 79. There's, Oh man, there, you know, there's, it's just, it's just in Brett. Like, I mean, you, right. Like you guys are massive fans. Like, I don't have that, like, right. You know, you just, like, you don't have to talk about it. Like it's there. So um, that I just think for me and and I'm now I'm just, you know, I'm a, I'm a broken record, but I I think it's, you know, if Weber's healthy, if the defense is mean in front of price, if price is back to how he was in the bubble, um, you know, before the Habs, the Habs could easily take them the distance if not win it, you know, and I'm not just saying that I I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. I, I know what my job is and whatever, but I truly believe that. But if price isn't sharp and, and if they don't come to play and have that, that intensity and that drive. I mean, the Leafs could take it quick too, right? Like yeah. there's a couple X factors in this thing for me. So we'll see. And, and what, you know what else I'm going to, I'm excited to see you got two young coaches, you know, and, and even for Sheldon Keith, this is his time, right? Like uh, we just did the the Jack Adams voting for coach of the year. And, you know, I'm sure Keith's has got gotten some play there and, and, you know, has, has, you know, done a great job, you know, give him full credit, but this is where you really make your money, you know, win around in the playoffs, beat the yeah. Montreal, uh, and same for Dominic Ducharme. So I'm excited to see two young coaches go head to head and see how they operate.
2: Do, do you think Dominic's, I don't know if you, how you can answer it. I don't know if you can, but do you think Dominic's jobs on the line with this playoffs or do you think he's pretty safe going into the next season?
1: I don't even like to debate that stuff. I think your job's always on the line. I mean, yeah. if I you said maybe mine is right. Like he just, it's, it always is like, you got to perform. It's, it's a performance based business. Um, you know, some of the best ever were fired at one point. Right. Like it just is what it is. Um, yeah. But like you guys know the heat's always on in Montreal. When it's
0: yeah.
1: just never, you know, um, like what if they didn't, what if somehow, some way they didn't make the playoffs. You know, they did. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he knows that. I mean, that's what he, but that's what he signed up for. I remember when he got the job, he said, I didn't take the, the, the paved road. I took a lot of back roads, the, the, the hard road, the gravel roads to get to where I am. And good for him. Hey, yes. listen. That's what we all want. We all, I mean, I paid my dues to get to where I am. I'm sure in your guys' professions, it's all the same. You got to, you have to earn your stripes. You got to work hard and you got to get a shot. So I'm, I'm excited for Dominic Ducharme. I can't wait to see how him and Sheldon go head to head in the series.
0: Now on the Leafs, uh, the pressure's on them to win. We were talking about pressure in Montreal, but truly the pressure is in Toronto. They haven't won a series in almost 18 years and they've been building and they're this so-called, you know, cup contending dynasty. If you, you know, follow the hockey news at all. So if they don't somehow win this series that they're supposed to win, do you think heads are going to roll over there?
1: I only follow TSN.ca guys. Come on. Like, <laughs> or whatever, you know, Pierre Lebrun writes. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> right. uh, Craig Button's watching this right now. He's like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, of course. Like, I mean, absolutely. This is like, I mean uh, that again, but the Canadian markets and especially Toronto, and especially Montreal, there's no better place in the world when you're winning and there's no worse when you're losing. Like it just, there, the, the heat will always be on. We could be talking, I hope we, in a hundred years from now, we're in our rocking chairs and I can't even speak clearly. And we're talking, it's, it's the same. It will never change. The heat's always on. It's Toronto. They have a superstar lineup. They have arguably the best goal scorer in the game and they got Batman and Robin and Marner and in Matthews, right? I mean, the one question mark they might have. And and if you look at any Stanley cup champion over the last number of years, you need an absolutely, you know, solid goaltender or two. So if there's one, you know, I mean, Jack Campbell was what a story, right? Like what a great story. If you know his story or read up on that guy, he's, you know, just, and just sounds like he's just beloved and he seems like a great guy. And who doesn't want to root for people like that, right? Um, but that, you know, you know, Freddie Anderson, right? A lot of question marks on that. On that, I mean, not that Montreal doesn't have their own with Carey Price's health. Um, but yeah, I mean, the heat's on both markets. That's isn't this why it's fun? Like the heat's on behind me. Like it's, it's <laughs> I'm hot, feeling it here. Um, so it's it's awesome. That that's why, that's why we're talking about this. That's why fans are excited. We haven't seen this since '79. Like, like this is awesome. And and my my colleagues and people I respect a lot always say the same thing: you can view it as pressure, or you can view it as an outstanding opportunity.
2: Speaking of colleagues, does Mike Johnson look excited watching the game as he sounds on TV? It sounds I, like when you listen, I, it sounds like he's so into the game that. You, is is that is that how he is? Like, is he that?
1: I I I am so spoiled to work. I work with him and, and day pool. And I like, I very, they make me better all the time. They're awesome. They're passionate. I think the one thing that, that they deserve credit for that maybe people do or do not know is like how much work work they put into it and how much uh, prep and how, how seriously they take it and how much they love it. And, and, uh, they don't just show up and like, you know, throw down the lineup and like, no, like, they're into it. Like it's awesome. And, and we have fun. I feel like it's, uh, these are two of my buddies and we get to call like talk about hockey and the, and the two things, you know, with both of them, they're, they're different, but I, I always, usually every game I'll come away having learned something from them. Um, just even if it's a little thing or, or even if it's between periods or what I miss with them is, you know, having a, having a glass wine or beer after the game and just getting to talk about their careers or this or that, or their opinion on that, or what they think at that play, or would they have done that? Or did they like that? You know, did they like that lineup or how coach did this to that? So yeah, for me, it's, I'm, I'm a kid. It's, it's awesome. It's a lot of fun.
0: Way better in our day jobs. Yeah,
1: really. That's true. Dealing with sailors. <laughs> well, but I will, but listen to their, I will say this like, it, it, like, as good, they're good because they work really hard. It doesn't happen just like, and that's the thing I hope your listeners understand like, like there's to be really good at, at any of that stuff, like there's, it's a lot of prep work and you have to really grind. And, and I think it's noticeable, you know, when, when you don't. That's just my opinion. Like, I, I can tell. But, like, they, like it, there's a lot of work that goes into it, and they have a lot of pride in what they do.
2: I think I just love, like, I'm a huge fan of Mike Johnson, like you and Mike Johnson when you do. And I I've, I say it, also, and I just love the way he breaks down a play and just – or he'll sit there and say, oh, he shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? Or it just it's, it gives a sense of realism. It's not like it's just two guys, you know, blah, blah, blah. We don't want to say anything bad. We don't want to say anything good. He just says – Oh, Romanov should have pinched in at this time and not that time. Or
1: Romanov, Romanov,
0: Romanov. He's our he? Don Cherry. He 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 <laughs> all the names. No, Byron one can... Burdock. <laughs> no, no one can pronounce my name right,
2: and I can't pronounce anyone else's name right. So
1: <laughs> Trey Wilson, it's not that hard. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: you're
1: close. You're close. Yeah. It's like Greg with well, a T. And I don't have the, like, I could not say tr- Truro, and I called the curling or a hockey thing there one time years ago, Truro, and I, I feel bad. I'm so sorry if you're from Truro.
2: No, no one's from Truro. No, no I know, it,
1: doesn't, I it doesn't matter. I can't how bad I am <laughs> at that. Yeah
2: is the dark hole of Nova Scotia. We don't uh, we don't talk about Truro. It
3: took us a long, long, long time to get Tregg to be able to say things like Lekinin and Kakaniami. And he's he's practice and Lekinin <laughs> I
2: could say it was Kotny that I kept messing. I still mess it up.
1: <laughs> you know what drives me crazy is that I called Yasperi Kotka at two under 18s, and yet still, like, there's people online and that will go unnamed that think that I say it just terribly. I'm like, well, I, I, I was calling his name before you knew who he was. It's so, true, that's, <laughs> that's true. true, it's true, though. <laughs> and, have you ever actually walked up to him and said hi, and this is how you say your name? No, you haven't. So, <laughs> <meet>. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's pretty much what happens. But I have walked up to Roma- Romanov. <laughs> <laughs> And got a very uncomfortable picture with him. (laughs) It was uncomfortable.
3: That's very true. He was sitting very close. Him and Gelonen were sitting really close to where we were. Yeah. Ramadov was getting
2: pizza, and I went, "Hey, can I get a picture?" And he's just like, "Why is this guy talking to me?"
1: You should have sent him a huge pizza fan. What? What? Yeah. A a pizza, and it looks good. And then I don't know. You could have made something up on the fly.
2: Uh, I wasn't that witty at the time. We were pretty he, drunk. I don't think he knew a lick <laughs> of English either. And yeah, we had this was in Dallas when he got drafted. We had a few yeah. beers, so yeah.
0: He seems, yeah. <laughs>
1: like I you know what he's yeah. he's the I, you can't watch the obviously the warmups, but like even at Brassard, he is the he's the first guy on the ice. He he's out there. He probably plays a hundred minutes a game. I think I joked one time on the air about that because like if you count all he did all day, it's a hundred minutes. Like he. Yeah. Loves it. He just loves it. I love watching his passion for, for hockey. It's awesome.
0: He was more passionate for his pizza hut at that time, but Treg was oh, getting wow. away.
1: <laughs> He's young. We we yeah. don't have privilege yet. He's young. He'll uh, skate it off. He'll be fine.
2: <laughs> that was the same day that Bergeron ran away from me at the bar there. That's that? true. At,
1: at the Ritz. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I mean, maybe, you know. Wow.
2: We were invited over there by Gila Point. That's actually a pretty good story. Uh-huh.
1: So. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Were in we'll, uniform tune in i will yeah. tune in for
3: all of this gila <laughs> point was a gentleman he's a fantastic oh, guy fantastic yeah guy.
0: everything i remember about that night was really good
2: yeah <laughs> we tell you but we don't remember most of it <laughs> neither does <it> Guy.
0: <laughs> now um <laughs> back to uh, back to this hockey stuff now we're gonna leave the stories behind we'll leave that for off air so nobody can charge us for anything that may still have, you know, the statute of limitations is still not passed yet for Dallas. Um, Matt, you had something else. I know you you texted me here with the, you had a question, didn't you?
3: Uh, So I'm just going to talk about uh, playoff performers. Guy like Corey Perry. He really came out last, uh, really came out last year uh, with Dallas scored some really big goals and I think he really turned some heads this year for the Canadians. He was a guy that came in late. He um, he turned heads. Uh, he was a guy that uh, a lot of people didn't think that – they thought he was going to be a taxi squad guy. And uh, he chose the Canadians, and some of the fan base didn't know what to think of it. A lot of other fan bases around the league said, oh, look at Montreal, I'll just going and – picking some veteran guy out that didn't want to play and look how lady is signing and all this stuff. Um, the way I saw it, Corey Perry could have signed with any team he wanted and he chose the Canadians. Um, so my question is like, what do you think about Perry going into this, uh, going into this, um, going into this playoff? What kind of energy do you think he can, br- that he can bring?
1: I think he's a massive X factor. I think you just said, I think you said all the right things, uh, Matt. He, he, Uh, If you look at his performance versus Tampa in the cup final, he was the X factor. He's a big reason why the series won as as far as it did. Um, If you listen to him closely in his media availabilities all season long, he's like, I know I can still play. I want to come here and do well. Um, He agitates. He's good at it. He's in front of the net. Um, You know, he's mixing up with goalies. He knows what he's doing, right? Um, He's exactly what the Montreal Canadiens need in the playoffs, and he had a great regular season. Uh, let's be honest. He might've been the best pound for pound dollar for dollar contract in the NHL this season. Um, and you need that. I'm not, doesn't mean Corey Perry's going to, you know, play, you know, 20 minutes a night. It that's just means, it just means like, that's a guy when maybe you're down two one or it's one, one, or you're down even three, one, he's a guy that might go out there and get in, get in someone's kitchen or a few kitchens. He might renovate a kitchen like that. A guy that can do it. So um, you know, that like they don't do that stuff by accident, right? Like obviously there's a lot of conversations behind the scenes. Mark Bergman's talking, I mean you, you know, Stahl comes in. They brought in a lot of Stanley Cup winners, right? Here we are. That that's another reason and, and I'm rambling, but that's a big reason why I'm very excited for the season and the series uh because both teams have done the same, right? You know, you have the Wayne Simmons type coming in, and the Leafs have brought in some, some Cup champions as well. Uh, Joe Thornton's looking for his first. You know, they bring in some some, some grittier guys, um, and the Habs did the same. You know, Joel Edmondson who we haven't mentioned yet. You know, Stanley Cup pedigree as well. Tofoli's won a Cup, right? Jake Allen's won a Cup. You know, albeit in the same role he is behind Carey Price. So there's a lot of Cup guys. You know, that were brought in with that experience. So Corey Perry's won everything, right? Yes. And a chance to win a Stanley cup with an original six iconic franchise for number 25 with the Habs all time. Right. Like that would be pretty special. So no, I am with you. I I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how all, there's so many storylines within the series. I can't wait to see them all unfold.
0: I can't wait to watch Gallagher, then Anderson and Perry and, and Lekin and just rolling these guys out line after line, after line, knowing that they're just going to, get under everybody's skin it's I think it's going to really make this series a lot of fun Anderson's already getting under the Leafs skin by saying (laughs) they're a good
2: team and I really can't I can't wait to play against them (laughs) (laughs) Leafs fans are already going they're already up
1: in arms well uh, Burlington kid right so right I'm sure his family's loving this I mean and that's and that's just it like you know these guys all also have a lot of pride where they're from and, and again, like, that's just another storyline. Like who, who's going to, who's going to stay disciplined. I mean, I wouldn't want to see that Leafs power play too many times, you know? Uh, I know they had their issues at times, did they ha- I mean, all teams did, but like, you know, you get a hot power play in a quick series, it could be over pretty fast. So much as, yeah, you want to agitate and you want to get in those dirty areas, you know, you want to stay out of the box. I and mean, that's, um, duh, that's, I know it's Captain Obvious. <laughs> I think in this series, it could make a big difference.
2: It, they just have to quit, put the puck over the net or over the glass. That's all. And they'll be fine. They should Most go dangerous
0: play
3: Dallas in Plano. It
0: was yeah, very that, are,
3: that are too many men penalties. Like it's just yeah. things that kill that, that it just, it just kills them. It, it does. And it, it's always the penalties that, and I say it every time on Twitter, it's always the penalties that those kind of penalties, those are the ones you get scored on. It's not the fact that, you know, you might have uh, pinched a little and interfered with somebody, or made a hook to make a play, or something. It's it's always the ones that you know puck over the eye or puck over the glass, or uh, too many men. One of those, and I'm really hoping we don't see any of those.
0: Well, I, I heard just, a rumor. But I just jinxed it,
3: it. I know I just jinxed it.
0: But I heard a rumor that the Canadians hired the uh, the TSN camera from the World Juniors to help. I'll
1: it. take it. I will take it. I hope I'm getting a cut of that. Let me yeah. know. <laughs> and, all his yeah. bro- and all
3: his brothers and sisters. Just yeah. put them everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and if tornigay wants to stand somewhere and catch Pox, I'll take that too.
0: Yeah.
2: Do you think they're ever going to solve the uh, goalie interference? Here's my question for you, Brian. Do you think they're ever going to solve that issue?
1: In what regard? In, 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 in what it
2: actually is.
1: Consistency.
2: Consistency on calling it.
1: You know that's above my pay grade i mean i have never i mean being an official and especially as the playoffs ramp up like so i'll, I'll give you an example like the the chase where he he bumped Kerry price like i called that game yep. and it didn't look malicious i think even chase reached out to price right away i think price even comments publicly he didn't blame him like it wasn't mm. like um, I think they're doing their best. And and for me to comment on that stuff, I think it's 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 just above my pay grade. Um, yeah. It's hard. It's a hard job, right? And they're, they're trying with video replay, you know, coaches have the challenge. So uh, again, you just, you hope, all, all I'll say is like, you hope in the playoffs in a really tight game, it doesn't come down to some call that's like so close one way or the other, you know?
2: I think they're afraid to go back to the uh, old days where as soon as your skate touched the blue crease, it was... Was called. I think they're. I think the issue they're having is finding the middle ground. What is because a goalie comes out of his crease to, you know, he's setting up for the save. He's trying to make the save. Is he? You know, and I I get what you're saying. I I was always, I hate when it's against my team. I love it when it goes the other way, Uh, but it is. uh, I don't know. I say let the referees on the ice call it. I think all these instant replays shouldn't go to Toronto. They should just go to the refs on the ice. They look at I'll, the iPads and make the call.
1: I'll just I'll leave it at this. I'll say one more thing. So one of the rule the double IHF rules, Gordon Miller talks about it all the time, but if you if you even skate through the crease as as they a blow player it down. They blow it down. it's just crease violation blown down. Yep. yep. I mean you, I don't was, think we want
3: to get to that at the NHL level. No, I, I know I'm not. I, no, yeah. no, 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 I'm not saying you are. But I, I,
1: I think, I think it's, uh, it's finding that happy medium. Yeah, and and so my answer, like, there is. It's if it was easy, it'd be solved. It's yeah. just not hard. It's humans. It's people trying to do the right thing. So again, uh, I just hope for a really entertaining series. So,
3: to go to go on with the series, we're gonna have. A pretty big event coming up with the expansion draft we've also got a lot of canadians that are going to be free agents how much of this series or the playoffs in general is going to be kind of a show-off for these guys to get signed to contracts and possibly a uh a good viewing opportunity for ron francis to uh to possibly pick one of these guys
1: yeah, I think it's all of it. I, I mean, scouting, it, it's such a, it's a funny thing, right? Like you can't just scout on one series or one playoff, but listen, if Phil Deneau scores a hat trick every game and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so you, look, you look at, you look
3: at like, I use cat friendly for everything. And uh, you look up and down the lineup and you got to you got to mm-hmm. Kakniemi needs a contract. Um, it's, it's, you know, Lekkanen, Armia, et cetera. Like you can look at most of their lineup. Corey Perry might come back. You never know. Um, these are all guys you look up and down the lineup. And then there's obviously, you know, we always use the tool on there. And there's the easy contracts that you can try to get rid of. But you get to look and, you know, you, you, you look at you're, you're building another franchise.
1: Well, that's – and that's why, again, that's why Dominic Gucharme is paid to coach. And that's why Mark Bergeron is paid to do his thing. And it's yeah. not it, – again, if it was an easy job, we'd all have it. It's not. One so, more quote.
3: Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. No,
1: they'll have to figure it out. And I'm sure those conversations are ongoing. Uh, But yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not going to sit here and say if, if one of those players goes off and has like a crazy great playoff, you know? Yeah. Could that, could that sway a GM one way or the other? Absolutely. It could, could also sway Ron Francis. So, so yeah, I mean, but, but I, I don't think you, it's fair to put all the weight on one series or one playoffs. But, yeah, I think, you could, like anything in life, you can, you can certainly help your stock. Okay.
3: Quick question to add on to that. Vegas is exempt. What is your thought on that? They've already got a pretty deep team.
1: Um, you know, I mean, that, again, uh, I, I think – As a fan, as a fan. As a fan of the game, yeah. I mean – And this, and this is all, this is new to everybody too, even to the fans. Like, and I think, I think even Vegas caught a lot. I mean, put your hand up if you thought they'd make the cup final. Exactly. Right. Like, so it was pretty bizarre. I I think, you know, I I wonder how much Ron, for me, I think, I think the most, you know, interesting trying job and you talk about pressure is Ron Francis's job right now. Like he's got so many wheels in play, right? You're trying to look to sign players. You're trying to look to the drafts, who you're going to pick up. And then you look around the NHL. And, and the one thing though, he did say to me in that interview, and we talked to him in Texas, I said, what do you look for? Like, what do you look for in players? And he's like, you know what? You know, hardworking integrity. Will they fit the mold of what we're trying to do? So, and I think Vegas really captured that. I think they did a great job. So yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be more intriguing this year for the draft because of the expansion and for, and and hopefully because you know COVID is a uh, is behind us, well more behind us in September, October when the season starts. So, uh, you know, it's nice. How about this? It's nice to be excited for a lot of things instead of like that's true. Not-
3: yeah, <laughs> and hopefully at some point we're all going to be able to see each other again
1: as well. Well, and just to see <laughs> fans at the building, like honestly, yeah. I can't wait. Game so six. Something
0: something oh. off the ice. Um, but still with the Canadians. Uh, today, uh, Jonathan Girong was named uh, the Clancy Trophy nominee for the Canadians. And I don't think too many, with everything that's been going on around him in public, we're not going to get into why he's taken a leave or anything. But I think people tend to forget just how much he does around that city. This award, I think, is kind of a uh, the team's way of saying thank you because of everything he's done with the Chum organization, raising, I think it was 5 or $10 million in the last few years, uh, you know, pledging his own money. Do you, do you see this as kind of a way for, this, for the team to say thank you to him or, or, you know, like a please stay kind of thing? Or is this just something he definitely earned outright?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I've, I mean, I can't speak to a lot of that stuff, but I, I, I can just speak to saying every time I'm in the room, such a nice guy, positive guy, always has time, uh, great to chat with, always says thank you, always seems to have a smile on his face. So um, whatever he earns, he deserves it. So well-deserved, and I wish him nothing but the best.
2: So he's the same. He was the same in Halifax, too. Anytime you've seen him on the street or talk to him, he was always you know hello thank you mr miss you know like very polite gentleman and i wish i wish drew and nothing but the best. i'm a big and supporter as we, you know if you ever listen to this show so i'm a, you know i'm hoping that all the best for for john
0: no tr- matt you had one more thing
3: i just a uh, quick question on let's go with i've got so many things going on in my head right now <laughs> which one am i gonna ask um the
0: good one
1: the good one i can't believe it in wine i'm drinking and i gave the glass to my mom instead of filling it (laughs) wandered away thanks (laughs) well let's well let's answer that question first (laughs) (laughs) let's answer that question first what's in the glass i think it i think it is a napa valley what is that one yeah that's a napa valley um is that a rubicon yeah thank you you're the best you want to say hi really quickly yeah but well, you got something on your yeah there you go now you're good this is my mom terry there you go you can at least like wave high. hi yeah, <laughs> yeah that's my instant youtube star. Great. <laughs> so, with the job that i have today so absolutely absolutely yeah. cheers to her so this, give you time matt to ask the question are you ready yeah absolutely okay. um
3: <laughs> <laughs> i want to get some of that wine now um my question is to do with Jeff Petrie. Mm-hmm. He was one of the uh, more consistent players for the Canadians this year. Mark Berger went out, signed him to a contract. Probably got him at a very good at a very good deal, and they got him early. Um, going forward, would you say that he is more likely going to take he's going to take the brunt of these minutes from? Uh, from from the other defenders throughout the playoffs and um he's really going to be the more of the x factor on the blue line than than say that doesn't say the
1: captain would be yeah i don't of course I, and, and that's I think, not
3: saying anything bad about weber of course
1: like a huge weber fan yeah but I, I think this is the time of year yeah i think every single player to a man would say bring it on like yeah. this is this is what we train and play for our whole lives let's go um like 35 40 minutes if it goes to overtime whatever these guys i mean we're at the point now it's like absolutely this is this is what these guys dream of so and petrie showed it right i mean i didn't check the final stats um on the regular season but weber seemed to always be around 23 minutes and petrie if not was literally the last few games of doing my stats i think they were a second but like they were they were both right there right So big deal. Like if it means if, if you know a couple extra minutes here or there and, and Petrie, he can skate, he can defend, he jumps into the play and everyone thought, like he's just been i don't even know how you describe him like i think late bloomer's not even fair but i mean since he got to montreal it was just like he just continued this progression of being better and better and more confident and and what a great what a great player in the back end and yeah they're going to need him absolutely he's he's a huge part of the have success i mean when i said earlier price and gallagher that's just too you know if absolutely yeah, two little X factors to me in my mind, but like, of course, I mean, you know, Weber and Petrie, they, you know, could be massive. If Petrie somehow scores a power play goal here, chips in with another one. I mean, wow. Right. Like, of course. So, and they got, they got a lot of good horses to defend over on the other side. There's a lot of talent on that Toronto team, So it'll be all hands on deck.
2: Who was your unsung hero through the year? Who do you think was the player that, no one expected to step up and really play well for the Canadians.
1: Oh man, that's a good one. Can I go just cold Caulfield in a small sample size? <laughs> you can you uh, can kind of <laughs> Yeah. I don't you know, I don't think anybody thought
3: that he'd score his first two goals and be game winners and overtime. And I don't think
1: anybody saw that coming.
2: My unsung hero is not- Joel Edmondson. I'm just want oh. curious what yours
1: is. I, it's not often I'm at a loss for words. Uh, I'd, have, I'd have to think about it because you know, um, you know, the Habs media voted for um, Jake, Jake Allen. Jake Allen, yeah. So, and I, you can't fault that pick nope. at nope. all. Nope. Um, from I think from just progression and maybe taking a step, you could vote to the to another Jake and Evans. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yeah. they, you know I just mean like he. he you know, he could have lost his spot and he kept saying, no, uh, I, you know, I, I want to be here. I belong here. Um, Nick Suzuki seems to keep taking steps every game. You know, I love Josh Anderson's uh, play and physicality. And then how do you forget Tatter to I mean, you know, there, it's a great question and I probably have a, a terrible answer. Uh, that was just me rambling, but. Um, my any, answer, those, any of
3: those could be correct though.
1: Yeah. My, honestly, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, a lot of guys took some nice positive steps and, um, you know, because you can't really call your leading goal scorer an unsung hero. But, I mean, I don't think a lot of people expected Foley to do what he did. I mean, you could even, you know, Jeff Petrie could be in that conversation. Just a steady offensive, defensive he produced. He was steady back there, did his thing the whole season long. Jake Allen, without him, maybe they don't make the playoffs. So, yeah, there's a number. There's a number of them that I thought had really, really cool, nice, nice stories
2: it was a very political answer. Thank you.
1: Politics that just gets you in trouble. So
2: I'm just I'm just bugging. I'm just bugging. You're absolutely right. I, the reason I say Edmondson is. I thought he was the most consistent defenseman the whole entire year, and uh, everyone expected him. If you read social media, no, one, everyone thought Edmondson was a bad signing. This guy's just going to – and I thought he, he stood out. I thought he was a factor in why Petrie was so uh, uh, free-flowing when they were together on the line. So that, yeah, that's
1: – only my only bad cop to that is, like, I think Petrie, whether it was Kulak, whether it was, like, Petrie is – I think Petrie's become his own man back there. Yes, yes. You know, but, no, I'm not t- – like, listen, I think I think they got what they signed as yeah. advertised yep. – I think yep. that's a very—I won't say even nice surprise, because—but I just think he was just—he just, he just oh. is what he is, and sometimes that's all you want to be. You don't need to, as we say, Dave Poulos says it all the time: if you hit people, hit them; if you score, go goal, score goals; if you stop talks, do that. What are you good at? Are you a skater? Yeah. Use your legs. Like, yeah. and and I think he did what he's what he's advertised to do.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of people are just so used to now the uh, the more modern offensive two way defenseman. They want to see guys that are. You know that don't play their position. They want to see guys that can do the flash. They can put the puck in the net and everything. But for 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 my for me as a fan, if I see these defensive defensemen or the or the uh, you know the fourth liners, you know the the guys that smash and bang, those are the guys you want to see score goals every now and then. And you see it on the bench and you see it in the crowd. Those are the guys that are the most excited to score a goal. It's like it's like when Gavetchkin like scores any goal. But um, you know those are the guys that you really. You know, you feel good about. Um, like Evanston, he he stood up for uh Armia and he fought Tyler Myers this year. Um Cory Perry's been a goal scorer his whole year. He stood up and fought Chase. Um, you know, he's not a 30, 30 goal guy anymore. But you know, Sherat got a goal this year. You know, but you know, when he when he scored it, it was a power play goal. And, that and was
1: it, first uh, ever power play goal. I, it was at late like Oh, I think to the Canucks. Um,
3: I think so. Yeah. I think it was, yeah, it was one of those, you know, one of those, you know, long, long games where Montreal had a, a large lead and it was like, let's throw Sherrod out there and he ended up scoring. So, um, you know, those are the guys that you want to see out there. And, um, you know, you, you, you hit the nail right on the head. You can name any of those players to be a, an, an unsung hero. 100%. And uh, a quick question. Uh, what was your, regular season top moments for the Canadians.
1: My top moment of the regular yeah. season.
3: Yeah. It could be something that uh, could be a game that you, uh, a game that you watched watch or a game that you called.
1: Uh, I'm just going to go with the first thing that popped in my head because, uh, that's all I got at this point. Um, <laughs> But no, there, and I'm probably missing a lot of cool things. There was a particular goal that fully scored where he kind of came in one-on-one and out of nowhere shoveled a backhand top That's corner. A, that was on
3: Jordy Ben. I guess. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Awesome. I just remember, because, like, it's not like, I just remember the call. I just, I always appreciate, even for me, what I'm surprised in my goal call. <laughs> like, like, when Kotkaniemi fought last season. And I
3: was
1: like, whoa, like, cool. <laughs> But like you're here like and yeah. there, yeah. so like the Foley back end goal was cool. Like it was just not like that. Sound that's a terrible answer, but it was a great like I it's, just remember. You know,
3: that. it's a but it's it's memorable. It really yeah. is. It's a very memorable thing, and uh, it must be difficult for you sometime, and for for any of the uh, any of the commentators out there to sometimes turn off the fan mode and be like, hey, I'm working right now. I have to I have to kind of uh, you know uh, gather my thoughts and and be able to say this to everybody else and not just what I'm what I'm thinking on the inside of how this
1: play is developing.
2: Unless you're Jack Edwards. <laughs>
1: uh, you know, the greatest compliment I probably should, but I'll admit that's okay. But the greatest compliment I think I got all year were Oiler fans ripping on me for being a homer. Idiots. Um, <laughs> and if anyone of them knew, I grew up in Northern Alberta in the 80s. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. right.
2: I see what you're laying down there, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Properly. So, um, but, you know, I get excited. Like, you know what? We, and I give a lot of credit to our bosses at TSN. I know we're regional broadcasters, but we try to call it like, you guys are not dumb. Like, we're not going to sugarcoat it if the Habs are terrible. Oh, like, and you shouldn't. Just, you you guys. shouldn't. It, makes, it makes it real. Yeah. And so we always try. But like I always get a kick out of people that are like, "Oh, you guys are so pro Habs." I'm like, "Well, we are the Habs in TSN, like that." that <laughs> like, that's true. Sorry, like sorry, yeah. not free. Like you know, yeah, we put up a lot more Habs stuff. But like, we always pride ourselves in telling like there's great story if they're playing the Leafs, if they're playing whoever, and there's cool stories on the other side. Of course, we're gonna tell them, right? Sure. Like that's our job. Like, yeah. and if you're a hockey fan, like yeah like Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid are special players. And if they go off raising McDavid all night, it's probably because he's having a hell of a game.
3: Okay. hundred, you know, hundred plus points and a, you know, a 50 some game
1: schedule is going to do that to you. Just a special player. Like, like if you, if you're a Habs diehard fan, but you buy a ticket, and you watch McDavid score four at the bell center. Like you got to kind of have a, like, he's just, it's just like, you know, I wish I was I could like you know Guy Lafleur or Rocket Richard back in the day, yeah. right? Like oh so it's like I got to watch Wayne Gretzky in person like as a kid in, in Alberta, you know at you know at the Edmonton Coliseum. That's how old I am. But um, you know so yeah, and not to sound whatever, but you know what is, was a nice moment was getting to work guys like to to like there was times where we didn't know are we going back to work is there going to be any hockey. And, uh, you know, we took a lot of pride, especially early on. And we didn't realize it at the time, but we got a lot of notes. And especially when I did the curling in the curling bubble, um, how many people across Canada that especially seniors or older folks that couldn't get out of there wherever they couldn't see family. But every night they had the hockey game or the curling or something to watch. Um, so that was nice. Even if it was the smallest thing to like make make someone's night a bit better, you know. Absolutely. So that was that'll Absolutely. probably because absolutely. a lot of people are, are frontline workers or people that had families suffering from COVID or patients. Like I, I have the best job in the world. So like, what do I have to complain about? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was cool to be able to call a season. It was, yeah, I, absolutely. I, it was awful though, when we're done, like I you wish. Know. Yeah. Well, I, I can completely
3: agree and in attest in a to what you're saying. Um, you know, for me, you know, we're, we're all military guys, you know, we've all served, we've all been away from our families. Um, and this time, this time is different. Like, um, you know, uh, you know, Treg and Treg and Blaine, they're both married guys. They both have families, you know, uh, you know, I'm a single guy in, uh, in Ontario and my entire family's on the East coast. I haven't seen anybody in my family. I haven't seen a single person since 2019, um, after my seven month deployment. So for me, hockey has really been something that I've turned to and, when, when, you know, even when they were playing in the bubble and when it was just going to be a condensed season, it's something that I turn to and it just, it's helped me get through. It's helped me get through these, these times and, uh, and, and, you know, not be just, you know, work home, work home, work home, work home. You know, you have something to come home to, uh, to look forward to, whether it's, uh, whether it's watching, uh, whether it's watching the Canadians or watching any team. It's, it's really something that's, uh, wow. that's helped me through this, uh, it's helped me through this time and, 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 you- and, and these guys as well. And these guys as well, um, you know, I, I owe you guys a lot. I really do. Um, you know, you guys are not only, um, you know, a military family. Uh, you guys really, you know, I, I think great thanks to, to both you guys. And I thank you for, uh, you know, you guys started this podcast. You guys brought me in. And uh, I thank you for that.
1: Well, here, here, a toast to you guys for, you. Uh, we, we miss. I'll, I say that we miss our fans and we hope you're in the building soon. And that yes. is nothing. Uh, I could not be more. Oh, uh, that's the one thing. Like, it's just you miss the buzz. It's half the fun. Yeah. Yeah. Half well,
2: the- well, I'm moving to Montreal next year. So I hope there's hockey in the building yeah. next year. So <laughs> I can. I've never seen a live game. I've never I will seen take a live you to. You. I will game. take
3: you
1: to your first game. All right.
2: Thanks. Not, well, not, I've seen live I, other teams, just not I, Montreal.
1: After the game. Okay. I'll let you, you. After the game.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, before we, uh, before we end this, uh, I wanted to ask you one thing, not hockey related. Once this pandemic is finally over, what's that one thing that you've been planning on doing for the last couple of years that you're finally going to get through on doing?
1: We're all going to shave our beards for charity of your choice.
0: Oh. No, That's I, I like mine. I like mine.
1: <laughs> um, oh man. You know, I mean, everything I say is going to sound so Um, self-serving. One thing that we missed is I used to do a charity golf tournament uh, for cancer, and I lost my brother a couple of years ago. We had to delay. We were going to do one more tournament in his memory because of COVID. We've had to put it off for two years. Uh, So I'd love to do that again, if we can have one more crack at that. Um, I I Honestly, I just miss... um, people and, and traveling and uh, I don't care if it's a beach or a hockey rink or whatever, just seeing people have fun and smiling. And, and like, to me, that would be, I got a bit of that in Texas. And that was so cool just to see families being families and kids playing and laughing. And uh, there's, they're supposed to be kids watching hockey. Yep. So I don't even know if there's a. I I just want people to have their mental health that, that has been hurting. I want everyone to feel good. I want everyone to have a good time, feel normal again. That'd be my wish, whatever, right? That'd be pretty cool just to have everyone have something to look forward to again. So let's hope that's coming.
0: Well said. Well said. Yeah. So, um, any last thoughts from you guys before, uh, before we, I just want to thank you
3: for, uh, for being on the show. Um, it's uh, fantastic when you call games, It's something I look forward to. Um, the way that you can, uh, Uh, that you can call the games everything's clear it's concise it's a we we love your point of views and uh you're more than welcome to come on this program anytime you'd like
1: very kind man
3: we will we will not even bring tregg in and you can be you can be our new you can be you can be our new third anytime
0: why am i the evil guy every week (laughs) (laughs) because you're moving
2: Yeah, (laughs) moving closer to matt
1: yeah well thank you thank you again well, it's my pleasure. I mean, it's, I feel like you're thanking me for something I love. So, and they, I just found out last year, they actually pay me. I had no idea. I th- <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but no, that's really kind. I, that's the nicest compliment I could get because I, I love my job. So thank you. Very welcome.
0: So I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in, for listening, for following us, uh, all our new listeners, all our, uh, our, our regular listeners. I want to thank you all for doing this. And uh, and remember, if you are talking about it, so are we. Are you in the market for quality sticks and equipment you can afford? There is a no-frills, no-nonsense company that wants to provide that to you. No Name Hockey. No Name Hockey is a small Canadian company started by former pro player Jason Goulet. When he retired... He searched for sticks that felt like when he was a pro, but could never find the right one or one that was reasonably priced. So he decided to start No Name Hockey. Now No Name offers high quality, customized sticks at a fair price. They won't try to wow you with a fancy name. They will focus on providing you a pro stock quality stick that you can afford. The cost of sticks has gone through the roof due to sponsorships and licensing fees no-name hockey makes sticks for the no-names and players currently making a name.